books. At some stage, he had joined a book club. And as a result of that, pretty well every month, he would receive a new book. Most of them, I believe, he would read and then add to his collection on the bookshelf. He had a variety of genres, biographies, fiction, historical, all sorts of books were in his collection. And I guess that maybe he had probably hundreds of books. Well, as time went on, my parents were divorced. And my dad left his home, left our home, and went and lived in boarding houses for a number of years. Just a room which was probably maybe double the size of this stage area here. He only had a few possessions, a bed, a wardrobe, table and chair, and that's where he lived for quite a while. Throughout this time, I would speak to him from time to time, and he would remind me of his books, the books that were still at home, our home, what was his home. And he'd ask me time and time again, can you bring me those books? Now, the books weren't worth very much, really, in monetary terms, but to him, they were special. To him, they were a treasure. And so one day, a friend of mine helped me and we loaded up the boot of his car and took my dad's books to him. And what an emotional time that was as we unpacked these books for him. Emotional for me to finally have that relief of not having the burden of looking after these books any longer and emotional for him as he received these books, which to him, as I said, were really, really precious, really, really special. Although they were only just a material possession, to Dad, they meant everything. He really treasured these books, and it was though his life was incomplete without them. Thanks, Christina, for sharing with the children this morning and reminding us of the treasure that we have. The treasure that we have in the Bible. A book that is so precious to us, so lovely, so meaningful. A book that in some way without it, we too can feel incomplete or lost or unfulfilled. You know, it's a book that many have given their lives for just so that we can have it today. And even though you and I live in a great country, Australia, where we can have multiple copies of the Bible, there are still many in the world today who don't even have a Bible in their language. 
And so, yes, today I want to share some thoughts about the Bible, what it is and how we can read it. And kids, I want you to listen up because I want you to count the number of times I use the word Bible. All right? And if you come up to me after the service and say to me and tell me the number of times I use the word Bible, I have a special treat for you. Okay? Now, this is for kids under 99. (laughs) All right? (laughs) So here we go. The Bible. What a blessing it is to have the Bible. It's a canon of scriptures. It's made up of two testaments, as we know, the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's made up of 66 books written by over 40 authors spanning a period of over 1,500 years. And yet, despite the complexity of trying to understand that in itself, there's one central theme running through the whole Bible, the theme of God's plan of salvation for mankind. What a blessing it is to have the Bible. The Bible isn't a book just to buy or to receive through the mail and then stick it on your bookshelf. No. Friends, the Bible is to be read. The Bible is to be digested. It's to be meditated upon. It's to be prayed over. It's a special book. You see, the Bible is an instruction manual, first of all. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, we read these words, that all Scripture is inspired by God. And let's stop there for a moment. And I'd love to get into that, but I don't have time. But just think of it. This book isn't just written by man. It's a book that's inspired by God. And as you read through the Old Testament, you hear of God speaking And the word of the Lord came to people like Moses and David and the prophets. And today we have God's word. And we can say as we read it, the word of God came to you and me. Yes, it's inspired by God. But we go on and we read that it's useful for teaching the truth, for rebuking error, for correcting faults and for giving instructions. For right living. Don't think, men particularly, that we can get by without instructions, all right? We need them. Whether it's putting together an IKEA flat pack, whether it's navigating a new smartphone, or whether it's driving through the city streets of Melbourne, we all need to follow the instructions, don't we? And admit it, life's a bit more complex than an Ikea pack or a smartphone. And God's given us instructions in the Bible. Instructions for how we should live and how we should treat each other, how we can get to know him. Yes, the Bible is an instruction manual. Secondly, the Bible is food. It's food for our souls. We read about Jesus in the time of his early ministry when he went out and he fasted for 40 days. Man, he must have been hungry after that period of time. 
And during that time, Satan came to him and he tempted him. And in Jesus' weakness and in feeling hungry, Satan came up to him and said, Jesus, look, these rocks here, just turn them into bread. And that'll fulfill your hunger. Jesus could have. Could have easily just said the word and they were changed from stones into bread. There was nothing preventing him from doing it. But he realized that if he did that, he was just giving in to Satan's will and Satan's desires rather than his father's. And so Jesus instead said, no. He said, no, I won't. And he quoted Deuteronomy 8.3. And he said to them, it's written that man doesn't live by bread alone, but man lives by the word of God. You see, we have a physical being that needs feeding, but we also have a soul and a spirit that needs feeding. And God has given us the Bible to feed our souls. You know, the Bible is described as honey. The Bible is described as milk. The Bible is described as meat. There we have it. A three-course meal for our soul if we feast on the Bible, guys, a three-course meal. The Bible is an instruction manual. The Bible is food for our soul. And the Bible is also a weapon for warfare. I mentioned how that Jesus took the words of the Old Testament when Satan tempted him and he attacked him, if you like, or he defended himself against those temptations by using the Bible as a weapon of, in that warfare. And Paul, Paul, when he writes to the Ephesian church, he reminds them that God has given to us an armour an armour to wear in this warfare that we are in against Satan, the armour that includes the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, boots of peace, a shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We've been given that so that we can stand against the devil's desires and the devil's ways. How, How sneaky and how tricky the devil is that he would try to make us do things that we shouldn't do. He tried it on Jesus, and Jesus rebuked him by using the Word of God. And so, too, you and I can use the Word of God in the same way. But even though the Bible is such a special book, even though the Bible is an instruction manual telling us how to live rightly, Even though it's food for our souls and weapon for warfare, research tells us that only about 20% of Christians read their Bible daily. Now, all I can say about that is that I'm sure that that doesn't include people here in New Peninsula. Hey? (laughs) But the irony is that in a day when the Bible is so freely available, both in hard copies and electronically, it's still very hard for us to practice that spiritual discipline of reading the Bible. 
So friends, if you're like me and at times you find it hard to read the Bible, I just want to share with you three tips that might help you. Three tips. Glenda's already shared one, which I love, reading the Bible and then praying over it. But in addition to that, let me share three tips for you. The first one I'm going to share with you, I'm going to sound a little bit like Eddie Maguire, okay? Because the first one is to phone a friend, okay? Phone a friend. Christina touched on that before as well. Phoning a friend, sharing your Bible reading with somebody else. And personally, the greatest times I've spent in reading the Bible has been when I've shared it with somebody else. The benefits in doing that are numerous. First of all, it aids in accountability. Oh, we're so wanting to do things at times, and yet other things get in the way. But if you've got somebody edging you on, urging you on, you know what I mean, somebody there encouraging you... (laughs) Keeps you accountable. Keeps you accountable. That's a good thing. The second thing is that it gives you greater insight in the Bible. It isn't just you reading and understanding yourself. You're sharing it with somebody else. What do you see? What do you think about this? We gain greater insight by sharing the Bible together. Another benefit is that it gives us insight not just into the Bible, but also into the person that we're sharing with. We're getting to know that person on a more intimate level. And that's good for us to be able to encourage each other and share, one another, share with one another. Another thing is that I believe that if we get used to sharing the Word of God with each other as Christians, then that'll help us in sharing the Bible with those who aren't Christians. You know, it'll just become natural that we'll be talking to somebody and a verse of scripture might come to mind. And because we're used to sharing with our friend, we just say, oh, well, you know, I was reading the other day this in the Bible. This might help you. So, yes, I believe it can help in our witnessing to other people. In fact, all in all, it just helps both of us to grow in our faith. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says that as iron sharpens iron... So one man sharpens another. They're the benefits of sharing Bible reading with somebody else. How do you do it? Let me just tell you maybe two ways. Firstly, you can sign up to some Bible app or something on the internet that gives you access to be able to read the Bible. And somebody else is reading it at another time perhaps. And you can make some comments about what you've read. And your friend can make some comments about what you've read as well, what they've read, and sharing the comments over the internet. That's one way you can do it. Another way is just to agree, okay, well, let's, gonna, let's read the Bible, to, yeah, maybe not together, but separately, and then we'll catch up for coffee. Oh, that's a good idea. Coffee is always a good motivator, isn't it? Okay, so we can catch up maybe weekly or fortnightly and just share over a coffee what we've been reading, what we've been learning from God. So guys, the first hint, the first tip is that we can share our Bible reading together with somebody else. Tip number two is just pick a time and a place. 
pick a time and a place. It's, it's simple, isn't it? And I love <clears throat> how we read in scriptures in Mark and in Luke's gospel how did Jesus, even though he was busy one night healing and doing ministry, the next morning <clears throat> he didn't sleep in. Mark 1.35 says this, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and he left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. That was his time. That was his time to spend with his father. And he went off to that solitary place to be alone with God. It makes good sense to just pick a time and pick a place where we can be alone with God. For me, it's in my office or study. For you, it might be a comfortable chair in the lounge room or maybe up against the kitchen table or maybe in your bed as you retire for the evening. But think about a time and a place where you can read the Bible. Unfortunately for many of us, it's difficult. And for myself, I do shift work, and so my hours are all over the place. When am I waking? When am I going to work? When am I getting home? It, it is difficult. So maybe a suggestion for people like myself is to use the diary. We use the diary for all sorts of things, don't we? We use a diary for, for work, for, for uh, going to the gym, for shopping, for visiting somebody, for catching up with coffee. Why don't we use the diary and allocate some time just to spend with God, to read the Bible? That's my second simple little hint for you, to, to uh, pick a time and a place. My third little hint is just basically have a plan. Have a plan. When you come to reading the Bible, don't just depend upon how you feel at the day. Have a plan. Your plan might be that you're going to read through a, a whole book of the Bible. Or maybe you're wanting to pick a theme and look at what the Bible says about a certain thing. But have a plan. Okay? And once you know what you want to look at, then decide how you're going to spend that time that half hour, that quarter of an hour, whatever time you've allotted to spend with God, have a bit of a plan into what you're going to do. Are you going to pray? Are you going to read? Are you going to meditate? Just have a plan. One of the methods that I like to use was introduced to us here at New Peninsula many years ago by Pastor Dale Stevenson. It's called SOAP, S-O-A-P. I don't know. Maybe he thought that the church needed cleaning up at the time. Okay, I don't know. But he introduced us to SOAP, just a method of reading the Bible. S stands for Scripture. Yeah, read the Scripture. Read, with it, read whatever you've planned to read, the passage, a, a chapter, a few verses. <clears throat> just read the Scripture, S for Scripture. O, observation. Make some observations and, and pick a specific piece of scripture that stands out to you. What's that scripture actually saying? What's it saying to me? A is application. How can I apply that scripture to my life? What do I need to do? Does it want me to change something? Does it want me to do something? Is it telling me something about God? A for application. And then lastly, P for prayer. 
praying that God might help us to do what he wants us to do through that breathing. Pray and thanking God for, for what he's given to us. Just soap. Use a bit of soap every now and again. It'll do you good. S-O-A-P. So in summary today, what have we done? Hopefully I've identified some reasons for reading the Bible. It's an instruction manual, and we all need instructions. It's food for our soul, and we need to be fed. It's a weapon against spiritual warfare. And secondly, we've moved on to how to read the Bible. Phone a friend and get a friend to to read with you. Share that time with somebody else. Have a specific time and a place and have a plan. I hope some of these things have been helpful for you today. But as I finish up, I just want to remind us how special the Bible is. It is indeed like treasure. It's precious. It's priceless. Listen to what Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth said about the Bible. She said, To what greater inspiration and counsel can we turn than to the imperishable truth to be found in this treasure house, the Bible? She calls it imperishable truth. She calls it a treasure house. That's the Bible. King David of the Old Testament also thought very highly of the Bible. And his thoughts are recorded in many of the Psalms that we read even today. So as we close, I want us to read together a part of Psalm 19. I'd like us to read this in the responsive reading. I'll read the verses in black, the words in black, and if you can respond back in the words that are in red. Shall we do that together? The law of the Lord is perfect. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. The precepts of the Lord are right. The commands of the Lord are radiant. The fear of the Lord is pure. The decrees of the Lord are firm. They are more precious than gold. They are sweeter than honey. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. God bless you as you read his word. Thank you, Rick, for that um, practical encouragement and that the God of the universe would give us his word by his spirit to change us and to reveal more of himself. Let's finish our service. We invite you to stand and let's sing King of Kings. Waiting 
without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes, to fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word, from the throne of endless glory, to a cradle in the dirt. Let's lift it up. Praise the Father. Praise the Father. 